0: That sugar sweet you got what I need. On the All that this sit back relax and prepare yourself for yet another episode of the filthy casuals crypto podcast a podcast where no you're not listening to an expert Hell, you're not even listening to an adult who has his shit together. You're just chilling with a filthy casual crypto guy who's adventuring in the land of crypto, making all the mistakes so that you don't have to. That's right, sit back, chill out, and let's get into another episode of the Filthy Casuals Crypto Podcast. Thanks for being here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Filthy Casuals Crypto Podcast, the most profane yet the least profound crypto podcast in the cryptoverse and on any podcast platform you're probably listening to. So, guys, I actually had a friend of a, fr- a friend of a friend, my wife's friend. So, I guess technically my wife is my friend. So, a friend of a friend, that seems convoluted. Kind of anyway, uh, I had somebody ask me a question about how do i decide when to get into a project initially when maybe i should double down when i should possibly get out completely or get out with some of the assets and the gains that i had collected throughout the project you know because it's not a cut and dry it's not black and white there's a lot of gray area there's a lot of emotion let's be real there's a lot of like raw ass emotion in trading like you start winning the adrenaline starts pumping and you're just like fuck yeah go all in woo!" and you know that can be terrible or maybe you're just having a bad day and you bring that emotion into your financial decisions we all do it; we're all human and it starts to affect you in a negative way so really what I'm gonna do is gonna go through these last like two weeks um Pretty generally, I don't know how many details I'll get into because I am try-, I try to keep the podcast short enough to where you guys can do this while you're like on a walk or a run or you're working around the house, but I will go over kind of what my mental state and my thought process has been while going through the last two, three weeks in these projects that I've recently gotten into. You know, I've had ups and downs. I've had situations where I doubled down in a project, but only after uh, it kind of hit an all-time high i got out with a ton of money i got out with like 80 percent of my gains left a little in now it's in a big dip and i'm able to come back in to actually be invested uh, more inventory so let's say um when i say that i don't mean monetary like investment i'm sorry i don't mean like i've increased my monetary investment more than originally what i mean is that by investing less money i've obtained more NFTs or tokens because the price has dipped. Uh, So double down and getting back into some of these projects. There are a couple that I've just taken advantage of because they're in a long dip only because there's a lull in the project. And then kind of what my thought process was, what led me to that? There were external factors that affected my decisions uh, as well as external factors that are affecting the market. So when you listen to this, It'll be a couple days after, but while I'm recording it, Russia has started their invasion of the Ukraine. Uh, anybody listening to this, and the very small chance that you're in that part of the world, you know, I just hope that you guys can get safe, be safe, uh, and just get somewhere to get away from all the madness. And uh, that's the best I can do. You know, thoughts, prayers, all that good stuff uh, that I can send you, good vibes. You know, I hope that it comes your way and that you guys can stay safe. However, that is a huge. External factor that crisis has created already created impact in the global market to the point where a lot of markets, stock, cryptos across different networks, uh, projects—they're just kind of crashing and burning in anticipation of the crisis elevating to a higher level or potentially even being the precursor to a global event or a global crisis, opposed to one that's a little more localized at the moment and. You know, those are huge external factors that you need to take into account, you know, obviously, most importantly for your life and everything like that. However, you know, for the scope of this podcast and what we're talking about, you need to take those into effect when you're making financial decisions the weeks before, during and after the situation. So let's go ahead and dive on in. And what we're going to do is we're just going to jump right into like, what is it that gets me into a project? Exactly. You know, we talked about a white paper last week as being a great resource, not the only resource, but a great resource to use when you're courting, <laughs> yeah. when you're courting a project to properly court one's project, one must read the white paper. Uh, so that's a great resource. However, it's not the only resource. You know, do your research. You know, I can't stress enough how important research is before you make moves in the crypto space. And, you know, really, I didn't think about it until this global crisis hit and it's crashing the markets. Not only research as it pertains to the project, uh, the people creating the project, the, the vision for the project and the roadmap and the white paper and all that jazz, but global external factors surrounding when potentially the project launches, You know, if your project is based in a part of the world that may be into or involved in something, that could affect your project directly. Um, So when I'm starting, I assess the project. I go through uh, the white paper. I go through their discord. And, you know, when I go through their discord and I get involved in their ecosystem, remember to take a grain of salt and don't just believe everything uh, in the discord because everybody who's there is really on the hype train, right? They're hyping it up. Part of it is just because people are excited about the project. The other part of it is people come in and want to hype up. Like if there are a short-term investor uh, where they want to snag as much of the project when it goes live, whether it be NFTs or tokens or what the fuck, they just they want to grab them all, hype the shit out of it, it skyrockets on launch, and they sell everything for two, three, four, five times what they invested. Uh, but anyway, you can get in there and get sucked into the hype train and ignore... Some things that may have turned you off had you been a little more, um lo- I guess, logical, a little less emotional, uh, which is super difficult to do, right? Because I get fucking emotional uh, when it comes to investing. If I start to win and, then, like I said, that adrenaline pumps, boy, I'm in, right? Or, like, say I'm having a bad day and I don't feel great or I'm tired or maybe I got in an argument with somebody or me and my wife had it out. You know, typical life shit. That can affect the way that I invest in how i attack the market for the day which is you know is from a logical perspective that's fucking dumb from an emotional i'm a human being perspective shit happens right but being self-aware of your emotional state while assessing projects let alone when acting in in actively uh, involving yourself and proceeding through projects is another thing that i take into consideration apologize uh while I do this so the first step I do before I get into a project is I assess it the same thing I talked about you know I talked a lot about it in the last podcast if you haven't listened to it what the shit I'm just kidding just you know if you want to listen to it go ahead it mainly focuses on what a white paper is how to use it Uh, now that is a primary source that I use you know I'll also go to other YouTube uh, influencers or uh, specific crypto exchanges that have like a lot of journalism going on um Content, written content, I'll consume that and kind of make my decision from that, right? So once I assess it and I decide that I want to do it, I'm interested in the project. You come into a fork in the road of your investment journey for this project. And the fork in the road is whether or not you want to mint uh, the NFT. Um, I'm speaking... Pretty much solely to NFT projects because that's what I'm involved the most in. That's what excites me the most. Uh, Gamified yield nodes I've talked about those those excite the shit out of me. Uh, and more than that, video games based on the blockchain involving NFTs and play to earn mechanics those excite the shit out of me. So a lot of what I discuss and talk about is going to be you know aimed in that direction. Uh, it, it does appeal to a broader scope, but mo- but it is going to be. Mainly focused and pointed in that direction, right? So, when I say mint, uh, in NFT, what I'm referring to is minting is the term for when you create said NFT, and and the way that works is, um, I think if you listen to the last example I gave last podcast i talked about maybe like an nft collection based around bees and they generate xyz i go into a little more detail because it was like a big ass metaphor i was very impressed with myself for creating and constructing this metaphor that made fucking sense right uh so you should just go back and listen to the bee thing i mean come on believe me (laughs) i can't resist a good or just a terrible pun but so you're minting it means that The contracts, the the coding, the programming is put into this uh, protocol, the system. And I click the button usually that says mint. And what they do is they take the the currency from me, i.e. Avalanche, Ethereum, uh, BNB, whatever the currency may be. They take that and in return, you get this randomly generated NFT. Now, when you mint it, you are getting it at a discount if you are either on the whitelist, which is essentially just the VIP list. Uh, some are given out to specific people, most are given out through Twitter giveaways, uh, involving yourself in the community on Discord. They'll run little giveaways, uh, like, hey, if it's like the B one, like, hey, here's what a generic B will look like in the game. Uh, decorate it and send it to us. And the best one that the dev team likes will get a whitelist spot, and the community picks one that's their favorite, and they get a whitelist spot. And the reason, you know, it's fun and they engage the community. And the reason you kind of want to try to get on these whitelist spots, right, is because, for example, in one project, the whitelist mint cost was one avalanche. However, after the whitelist, then comes the public sale. The whitelist is also attractive, usually, because it's a lot harder for large investors, also called whales in the crypto space, that's kind of the slang for it, to take advantage and and fuck with it too much because there's usually protocols in place where only X amount of people are allowed on the whitelist and only X amount of minting of the NFTs is allowed during the whitelist round. So after that, you get the public sale. That's when the gates open, the floodgates are open, everybody comes rushing in, the price elevates. So instead of one avalanche coin, we're at one and a half or two avalanche coins. However, you can mint however many, sometimes there's limits to help prevent like what I said, like whales coming in and fucking with the ecosystem. So what it is, is um, like uh, you can only mint three or you can only mint one at a time. And while one at a time is kind of a pain because you have to wait, I submit the transaction and I pay the gas fee and I have to wait and hope it goes through and then it gets processed and then it's pending and then it's, oh, okay, there it is and I can mint another one. And depending on how popular a project is, that can go really quick. However, these are, I believe, necessary situations, necessary restrictions to help prevent the whales from messing everything up. However, so you choose to mint, you get on the whitelist of the public sale, you're in, you get them cheap, and usually if you can get in on the whitelist of the public sale of the NFT, you're going to make the largest profit. So I said this was a fork because you can mint, as I said, for usually about the cheapest you're going to get it, um, unless you're at the end of the life of the project obviously but the cheapest you're gonna get it so this is before the project has unfolded and begun so while you're getting for less monetary value your risk is much higher there's no there's no um, there's no record right you don't have any proof that this actually works the way it's supposed to so the benefits of a mint uh, whether uh, whitelist or public, is that you get in for a lower monetary value, but your risk is significantly fucking higher. So the the fork, so the other side you could take, is to wait until the mint is over, the collection becomes verified, usually pretty quickly after the mint's over, right? They start popping up on secondary markets. So when they start popping up on these secondary markets, generally 50% to 60% higher than what they minted them for. However... You don't have to buy it as soon as it hits the secondary market. Now that is an option if you're really into it, yet you miss the window for the public sale, or perhaps it was such an explosive and popular uh, project that even though you were there a minute after, they're already sold out. You know. So that's that's the uh, that's where you can get in the secondary market right after. What I advise for people who are on the fence of a project is to just wait. Stay in the Discord. Stay involved in the community, in the ecosystem. After the mint, then there's the launch. After the launch, all the um, what am I trying to say? All the bells and whistles, all the features are out and about, and they're and you see that they're working. You're able to see comments in the Discord real time. People enjoying or not enjoying what the fuck's going on? How it's working? Is it working right? And then if you kind of see in the first day or two in the or directly after the launch of said protocol or program or yield farm or game or whatever it is, you see that it's generally positive and people are enjoying it and are making our planning and scheduling and calculating that their ROI is going to come quicker than they thought. la blah, 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 all that stuff. You can then go in and buy it off the secondary market, get into the project. Because, but there's like an equivalent, there's like a law of, Law of equivalence? I don't know if that's a fucking, if that's a thing. There's a trade-off. Let's say that. There is a trade-off where you show up in the secondary market. You've seen that the project is in fact succeeding to an extent, right? Your risk has significantly gone down because now you know that it's succeeding. People are enjoying it. There's a secondary market that's alive and well for flipping NFTs, or what have you, keeping the token, uh, the native token of the project at a decent level when it comes to monetary value of their token. So the risk is way lower than minting at the start, right? However, your monetary investment has to be higher. And that's your trade-off, right? The fork I was talking about is, do I mint right at the beginning, get in for a smaller fucking monetary investment upfront, but have a whole lot of risk, but a whole lot of upside with it. You know, the, the ceiling when you mint is way fucking higher than when you get it on the secondary. However, if you're more of a risk adverse person and and risk and investing and you're scared, you know I don't have a lot of money to play with and I really don't wanna spend it on this and it crashes and burns and it's not worth it, then perhaps you you are more self-aware of yourself as an investor, um, investor again, as I say, being a strong word, this is not financial advice. I don't know if I, I mean, it is investing in a sense, however, as I talked about, I don't know if I'd refer to yourself as an investor if you play in the crypto space as much as a highly educated math math advocate gambler. I don't know why you have to be a math advocate, but you just you're like a gambler with a more fancy title. You invest crypto, I gamble blackjack, kind of the same fucking deal, right? Uh but you find yourself as a quote unquote investor that you're you're more risk adverse. So instead of jumping in on the mint level of a project or what have you. Perhaps you wait, you pull back, and you wait to see the secondary market, and when you feel that the risk level has come down, you're more comfortable with everything, you decide to go in on the secondary market. So that's the fork, right? I know that was a long explanation. However, I feel like it's an important one, not only when it comes to picking a project, like you've picked your project, right? We went through step one, which is assess the project. We decided that we like it to some extent. Then we, stick, we stuck around long enough to get to the minting of the NFTs. And at this point, we're at the fork in the road. We decide whether or not we believe, trust, um, enjoy the project and where it's going enough to take the higher risk, lower monetary investment and get it right at mint. Public sale or whitelist, whatever. Or we decided we still like it. We're still unsure. We're going to wait for the secondary to, to, to kick off, the project to launch, make our assessment again, and then get on the secondary, right? So, okay, we're there. I think that's not only a great way to look at the projects, you know, that might actually get you to, no, I don't want to mint, but I will get on the secondary market if it goes well, as like a safety net. But I think it also makes you a little more self-aware of where you rest as a trader. Um, simply because being self-aware of what you have the most propensity to do where you kind of feel comfortable with where you act the most confident uh, because confidence is a big thing pull the trigger you know waiting uh, in certain aspects can be harmful one way or the other to investing in your wallet and, and everything like that so once you find out what kind of person you are when it comes to investing go fucking all in on what kind of person you are if you're a risk person A Word, find projects, get in, mint early, get on as many whitelists as you can and just fucking kill it. If you are a risk adverse person and you want to be more safe, cool. Pick less projects, do more research. Try to identify what uh, on project launch, try to identify what like running themes have come through projects that show you that they're going to be successful uh, to some extent, right? Enough for you to want to invest and possibly flip NFTs or long-term it. And they really go in on that so once we get to this fork which you know essentially is like the second step in this process I'm going through and you decide you are one way or the other go all in on whatever way you feel comfortable with just it'll work better for you you'll feel more comfortable more confident it'll get you more excited it'll get that adrenaline fucking flowing and it'll really make a difference in how you trade and when you trade right so once you decide you know what what part of the fork you're going to take uh, you've decided right and then you've gone all in on that on yourself because you're that kind of investor we move on to kind of what the next step in the process has been for for you for me for I don't know for other people fuck I I have no idea Uh but kind of for me so I've gotten in I decided I am a whitelister I am a risk I'm an impulsive son of a bitch I'm all about it right so I've jumped in I'm in uh, we minted so we got to that fork in the road I took I took the white list I'm there okay now I'm in the project the project's running so once the project's running I am again there's different people different you know different folks different strokes whatever that old fucking saying is so we get in there we're doing our thing so I assess my projects on a regular basis so I'm in a position where I'm able to spend two three four hours a day a morning, Assessing all of the current projects I'm involved in in some capacity. And when I assess them, it goes a little deeper. You know, I'll try not to go too deep in it because that's not really the idea of this specific episode of the podcast. However, I assess it like, oh, okay, I'm in X amount, right? So the basic assessment is I'm in X amount of money. The total worth of my NFTs currently and the tokens they're producing are this. When is my, when, at what point will I get my money back and start making a quote unquote profit? You know, that's your basic assessment, right? And then as it goes on, as I saw in this project I'm in called the Pizza Game, at one point it had reached its apex. I had, I think, 40,000 of their tokens. I had two NFTs, one of which was the really rare one. And I was using the staking protocols and I was using the yield farm itself with the NFTs. And it was really nice. However, at some point, the staking protocols were actually pumping out more uh, return than the NFTs were. And I noticed this after a couple of days of assessing, you know, where I'm at, all that jazz. And then I I realized I could get rid of my super rare NFT for 30 AVAX. Mind you, I got it for 2.4 and I was selling it for 30. That's a fucking hell of a multiplication, profit, whatever, right? But it was more than that large number I... I looked at what was I getting up front, right? I was getting after fees, whatever, 20, 29 and some change or whatever the fees was like, 29 and some change AVAX back, Avalanche coins. And I compared that to what that NFT generated me per day in native token, per week, per month. And then, you know, came to the conclusion that I could get roughly two months or two months, possibly two and a half months of staking that rare NFT I could get two and a half months of that up front and still be making a good amount per day. Not as much, but a good amount per day off the staking protocols and the other NFT that I had, but have all this extra liquid capital up front. Uh, and at first, I didn't want to do it, right? I was in it for the long game. However, when I took a step back and looked at what I really what I was doing in total uh, and like the big picture was that I had taken profits off my largest crypto investment which was a node project I had gotten into, I, instead of compounding it, which is the smarter play, really, if you're like more long-term investment, I was like, well, instead of letting all that just sit there for the next 20 days until I can compound enough to get another node, what if I take it, invest it, multiply it, and then come back and get more, right? So I took the profits off of that. And, well, the profits. I took the rewards from that. They weren't a profit yet. I hadn't broken even yet. And I took them and I put them in this game, this gamified yield farm. And if I sold that NFT at the point when I was really assessing the situation, like when, uh, what I'm talking about, I assessed it, I decided like I could get all this up front. Well, at the same time, that node was actually in a dip. And if I sold then, I could scoop up three more nodes. Now, mind you, not just one node that I had, to it was my largest investment. It was in a pretty severe dip, for a lot of reasons that completely made sense, totally explained the dip, did not shake my confidence in the project whatsoever. So there was a dip, I sold this NFT, I picked up three more nodes of the same caliber and still had more coins left, not a lot, like a couple, that I could use in other projects. So in the beginning, I had said something about external factors affecting the way that you assess situations and I'm assessing this situation and I've said assess about 75 times in the last three minutes. that's fucking wild. Um, however, the external factors when I take them into account, made more sense for me to take said NFT, sell it for what at the time and still is to me a very large profit. It paid for my initial investment times like three or four. Turn that into three more nodes, which in the long term are way better for my long term sustainability, as like rather an income or or future investment funds, right? And then had more left over to get ready for other projects. Then I took the native token. I had forty. I had a mass forty thousand ish of it, and the token hit an all time high. And I played the game. I could have sold. I didn't. No, no. What it was is I had it staked, right? And to to get the least tax level on it. You have to wait 48 hours. So by the time the 48 hours came up, it was from its all-time high, which was like eight cents, right? And it was at six cents, six and a third cents. And I sold 30, I think I sold half of them for Avalanche. So essentially I turned half of them into liquid capital to invest in other projects, right? So I did that, and the other ones I minted another chef, and then I ended up selling that chef for another eight or ten AVAX, which is roughly this. There's a dip in the coin. So it was a little more to sell it for AVAX than it was to not mint it at all. But so like, anyway, I did this. And the only reason I was able to make these moves and they, they were made successfully was because on the regular, I was assessing the projects that I was in. Now, if you don't think you'll have the time to do that daily assessment, which I think is super fucking vital to just managing your crypto portfolio because crypto is so volatile. If you don't have the time for that, don't be in more than like two or three projects, right? Three might be the sweet spot because you can have one that is short term that you're really just using to like flip NFTs, and make a quick cash, and then get out. And maybe that project rotates through projects a lot, right? Then you have a project that's maybe a little longer term, not super long term, but a little longer term that you're, I'd like to see where this develops. It's got its roadmaps a little slower, the ROI is a little slower, right? And then maybe a long term project one that's maybe like a node project or an NFT project that doesn't launch for a couple months and you're just in on the ground floor and just keep it reasonable so that you can put the effort, energy, focus, time in on those projects that they deserve to get out what you deserve, right? Um, So I think at this point, so we've gone through the assessment, we've gone through picking your fork in the road, and now we're here where we're assessing on a regular basis. We're, we're really taking stock of what we have, where it's going, where it is, the external factors of markets and poss- potentially what my next move is. If my next move cost X, but now it's in a dip, so I can get, if I was planning on investing X, I can get four times that, you know, four, four X even, um, algebra. So taking those external factors in and, and really looking at everything on a regular basis, I think it comes to, it creates a situation where you need to make another decision here, right? And that is the monetary return of this project, not only like physically, res- I don't want to say physically responsible, but like physically attractive, but the ROI on my time, energy, attention is it that much, you know, because if at any point you think in your mind you've ever said it about a project, like Yeah, I don't know if it's worth my time to research it. I'll just check it out in two days, not today. I'm not going to waste the time. Then get the fuck out. Because if you're not paying attention to it, you're going to miss a dip. You're going to miss an all-time high. You're going to miss a new feature. You're going to miss some serious news. And it's going to slow you down. It's going to You're going to take an arrow to the knee, and you're not going to be able to be nimble enough to take full advantage of your investments. And in the crypto space, what I found is that the more nimble and agile you are and how quickly you respond to situations in the crypto space whether they are project-specific, uh, whether they are global, whether they are just crypto-specific, you know, the more agile you are and nimble around it, I think the, the better chance you have to take advantage and really uh, get out of projects, just squeeze every ounce of profitability um, that you can out of them, Right. And so if at any point you've made that decision where, ah, I'm not worried about it, I'll check it tomorrow, I'll check it in two days, blah, 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 then I would just go ahead and get the fuck out. You know, don't don't toy with it, don't play with it, because you're just, it's, it's not going to be worth it in the end. Uh, so that's really the life of it, you know, and then we talk about, so the end of this, right, would be when to get out. When do I get out completely of the project and decide I'm done? I haven't got there yet, right? As you guys know, I'm newer. To this whole thing and nft projects the one i'm the ones that i am involved in currently are only like two to three weeks old and they've had their ups and their downs i've gotten out at highs i've reinvested at lows because i still believe in the projects you know because i've been you know agile nimble assess whatever words i've said like 70 times in the last three minutes i'm all of those words right so and that's been helping me immensely other projects that people that i'm involved in minimally people have gotten so negative and so pessimistic about that they're anger selling and mad selling i think i talked about this in a previous episode (laughs) i can say that now because we've got this will be the fourth so there's like three other ones so now i can say previous episodes and not sound like an idiot but they're all selling shit low and so like an nft when it was minted was like one and a half avalanche Right now, people are angry and they're selling set NFTs for 0.1 of an avalanche or 0.15 of an avalanche. So, like, for half an avalanche, I scooped up four NFTs that just two months ago would have been worth five, six, seven AVAX, right? And that may sound like all the project's dead, but I don't think so. Everybody from the development team and their moderators are super involved uh, and they talk to us every day in the Discord channel. So, you know, for a very minimal risk, and what I mean by that, it's it's risky, It's just, I'm not investing a lot. You know, half an Avalanche to an Avalanche coin is still 80 bucks. But now it positioned me to, now I have, I went from three NFTs in this project for like a whole nother Avalanche coin, one Avalanche coin. I went from three NFTs to, I think in total I'm at like 12 or 14 now. So as long as it doesn't fall through, if it does fall through, I'm down an Avalanche coin. Yeah, it sucks, that's 80 bucks. However, if it comes through, that 80 bucks can multiply significantly more with the 12 to 13 NFTs I have now. Opposed to the three I had, right? So, that's like being aware of the situation. And that's when I chose to double down. I didn't exit. I chose to double down. Now, I did, quote unquote, exit of my big profitable venture, the the pizza game. Because I got out with a shitload of money. And since, right after I got out, a day went by and everything started to whoosh, crash and burn. that may have been super inappropriate with the current crisis going on. So... That was probably a terrible choice of sound effects. However, (laughs) however, so the the prices and everything crashed and burned, right? So now that crashed and burned, it's not that dramatic. They just came down and they came down for a reason, which was everybody freaked the fuck out and sold. And once everybody sold, more people freaked out and they sold and more people sold. And, And same as when panic, panic buy and now we're out of toilet paper, right? It's the same thing so that happened the prices crashed and I was able to get in for you know pennies on the dollar compared to my original investment in this project and I actually am more I am better positioned when it comes to their tokens now than I was when I originally got in and made a bunch of money so assuming there'll be a slight upswing you know I think that'll be great but that was again daily work I made the choice that it was worth my attention and my time and and I would like to believe that the ROI on that has been significant and will be significant as long as I continue to give each project its due attention and its due effort and energy from me. So that's really the whole process that I go through on a regular basis. Uh, from before I get into the project, then once I decide on a project, then how deep I got on, the, I go in on the project, whether it's uh, super risky or risk adverse wise, which which path I take, and then what I do on the daily. Uh, to kind of weigh my options of keeping my position where it is, maybe lowering my position, getting out, going in deeper, you know, and I do that on a regular. And that's really, so far, has been really beneficial to me. Now, the only other thing that I would just like point out right before I kind of wrap all this up, because I think we're getting to about that 30-minute mark, is that I have found that if you pay attention to everything and you put in your effort and you put in your energy and you just take in content and and on the global scale because of what's happening now, there's a large dip. Being aware of that, I'm able to position buy things really low on discount even. And even if things don't go back to as amazing as they were, if they only go up 25 or 30%, I positioned to myself to where that 25 to 30% is so much more than I would have had had I clenched my purse and just kind of fucking run for the hills, right? So this sets you up to do a couple things. One being heavily invest in your long-term projects and you'll get more out of them. And what I mean by that is projects like a node project or something like that, that is usually initially a very large investment, Five, six, seven hundred dollars, a thousand, twenty five hundred, you know, whatever is currently right now probably 40% lower, 60% lower. You know, if you're in that space and you're in more of an optimist for the world, let alone the crypto space, this would be a good time to come in, invest harder, and have a higher reward. Or if you don't like the way that sounds, this would be a good time to get in. Sweep up NFTs of projects that are either in between phases or potentially are just a downturn because the whole market's going down right now. And then wait for a week, two weeks and flip them for 20, 30, 40% more than what you bought them for. So just stay aware of situations and don't always see a dip as a bad thing. So while you're assessing uh, your situation every day in your projects that you've decided are worth your time, right? So you've decided they're worth it. When you look at them, take that into consideration. All the projects dipping, maybe I should get out. Yes, totally viable, totally on the table, or isn't an opportunity to scoop up from people who are running for the hills, whether it be for fear or because they're just that kind of investor. They get in, make what they can, they leave. It's like a rock star, right? Sex, drugs, alcohol, and NFTs, and they get out. You're going to scoop them up cheap and flip them the next day or flip them in three days when the new thing comes out or a week when a partnership's announced. You know, just be aware. There are different ways to exit a project. And once you exit a project, just be aware that that project's not dead because you're gone. And once you exit, I think is your final decision. Do you still spend time and effort on a project you have zero investment in on the chance that You could get in before something big or take advantage of a dip like we were just talking about. Or do you remove yourself completely from the ecosystem so that the 10, 15, 20 minutes you may spend on that a week is either A, spent on projects that will actually return on your time and effort and investment, or time you can spend outside of that in your, you know, outside of your computer, outside of your phone, outside of your investment bubble, friends, family, what have you, you know, that time would have a bigger return mentally than staring at a dead project. So the final decision in this process that I wasn't really didn't even think about till I started to kind of expound on exiting is that the final decision is I'm out of the project. Now, am I the kind of person who has the time to keep up with projects that I'm totally out of? Or Am I the kind of person that will spread too thin and suddenly miss things in life and in projects that actually mean something, right? And once you get to that section, and you find out who you are. Fucking delete that shit and get out, or manage your time, right? I don't want to see you guys fail because you're spread too thin. Same as in life, definitely the same as investing. Uh, so that's really where I was. All right. So we went through, start. Um, we decided, we assessed the assessed, dug into the project itself. We wanted it to get in. We came to that fork in the road, right? We decided whether we are a risk person, whitelist, public sale. Uh, this will give us the most risk, but the highest return, whether we stay or we flip NFTs or what we do. Boom, right there. More risk, less money, more risk. Um, or do we take the other path where we are? We don't whitelist. We don't public sale. We wait, we see if it's starting to succeed, if there's positives, if there's benefits, if the the ecosystem is thriving. We get in for more monetary upfront, but way less risk, right? So we we pick that road. Then we're on the daily assessment where we go over all the things we talked about. How much is it generating uh, financially? How much did I put in? How much is it generating per day, week, month? How does that compare to potentially what I can get out of it upfront by selling said NFTs, uh, using their staking protocols instead. You know, can I get to a situation where I get a lot up front and I have it to be more nimble and flexible in crypto in my wallet to take advantage of other projects or dips in the market uh, and I'm still making a passive, quote unquote, passive income off rewards off their staking protocols Um, or potentially, uh, you know, I'm assessing it and I want to get out because fuck this thing, it's crashing, I'm out. You know, so we did the daily, And then after that, we're on the exit part. We've decided to get out, right? Or potentially we've been in it for a while and the whole thing is just kind of slowly landing the plane uh, before the next phase or potentially just coming to the end of its life because that happens. So we're there. We discussed that once you get there, there's the decision when you get out, whether you're the kind of person uh, who keeps investing time into a project that is dead, zero investment, or you don't. Okay, so that's the whole life or the whole roadmap timeline for how I do it. How I do it doesn't have to be how you do it. Fuck, I've been doing this for three weeks. It probably isn't how anybody does it, right? Uh, But that's like my thought process and that's how I do it. That's how I go through the whole project. Uh, I hope it was helpful to you guys to kind of go through my head, how I make decisions. It has worked for me so far. It doesn't mean it'll work for you, but just maybe it'll help you. You know, if you ponder on what I said, you know, merge it with things in your head. Maybe you'll come out with what you are, who you are as an investor, as a crypto person. Uh, And I just really appreciate you guys being here if you enjoyed it if you like my new voiceover at the beginning sounds a little more energetic I'm kind of opening up a little more, you know I'm not as scared to just fucking go with it and just say what I want You know, i'm really liking it. I'm passionate about the space It is starting to help me financially in my life Let alone the fact that I just get to fucking talk About it to people who actually want to listen is really dope Uh, So if you enjoy it, you know, I don't know what platform you're listening to this on, but if you can like it or subscribe to it or share it or, you know, give me higher than a one-star rating, you know, whatever, just leave a comment. I don't give a shit. Just do it, you know, do something. Uh, If you could do that for me, that would be awesome. I really appreciate you guys being here. This has been another episode of the Filthy Casuals Crypto Podcast, the most profane yet the least profound crypto podcast in the whole cryptoverse. We sit in a recliner at the intersection of life nfts video games and crypto guys have a great day